so many people in my life just like found out I was queer because of a bloody meme. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Sextras. Where we talk about sex and all the extras. Yes, I'm Honey and I recently changed my surname. Fun fact. (laughs) Hi, I'm Maria and my fun fact is I have never cut my fingernails ever with clippers, nail clippers. Maria has the longest nails in the entire world. No, I don't. I don't have any nails. She's been doing them her whole life. (laughs) I'm going for the Guinness World Record. Oh, you know this like that like the disgusting nails they have. Well, oh. the ones that like curl. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we are here today with our lovely guest Tori, also known as Tori's Kingdom on TikTok. Welcome. Thank you. I'm Tori, <laughs> and my fun fact is that I am allergic to goats. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I love allergies. Oh, me it just too. makes your life so much better. Honestly. <laughs> Do you run into a lot of goats? Um you know, I don't tend to run into a huge amount of goats, so it's fine, but I found that out by going to a goat sanctuary, so it's not the best day of my oh, life. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. That's terrible. Is it just goats? No, I'm allergic to cats as well, but the goats is just a Same. little random secondary <laughs> allergy. Like, I couldn't have been allergic to, like, dogs or something. It had to be goats. <laughs> goats. Had to be goats. <laughs> Such a letdown. I know. Of all the animals. <laughs> so, we have another game of stereotypes where we asked you guys to send us stereotypes you have about bi girls so we're just gonna have a little chat about that before we dive into the episode so maria let's just start with into threesomes thoughts bi girls (laughs) (laughs) yeah no can't say i'm particularly eager to start having threesomes. (laughs) yeah i mean you know it might be on the bucket list but it's not on my to-do list for this weekend so yeah (laughs) It's not something I want to be doing regularly. Have you guys been asked to join a threesome? Absolutely. Or so many oh, yeah. times. So many times. Yeah. Like if I if I tell someone I'm sleeping with that I that I'm by, they'll be like, "Oh, let's have a threesome." Like right now. <laughs> God. I remember when I was like 16 and I was like kind of I thought I was gay at the time but wasn't entirely sure and I went to a party. Bear in mind I was a mm. virgin at this point and somebody asked me if I was like bi or gay and I said yes and they were like oh yes then let's have a threesome like at 16 what What the fuck (laughs) oh oh my god yeah at 16 my friend asked me to have a threesome with her and her like man friend oh my god (laughs) (laughs) but um (laughs) yeah But do we, my boyfriend always jokes about it. He's always like, oh, yeah, what's the point of dating you if we're not even going to have a threesome? Like, oh. But he's he's joking. He's joking. <laughs> but also, like, all my friends are always like, yeah, I thought that, like, you guys would have a threesome by now. What's the point then? You're clearly not bi. What do you mean, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sexual like, attraction what? to multiple genders does not mean you're not a monogamous person. 
Yeah, I think people really honestly think that it's the same thing. I think people seem to confuse bisexuality and polyamorous people yeah. frequently. Yeah. There is... I think people do that with just the general like queer community. Mm. Oh yeah, completely. There's a lot of stigma around the LGBT community when it comes to promiscuity, I feel. Like mm. a lot of um stereotypes about I'd say the two predominant groups are probably gay men and bi women that we're very sexually promiscuous. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. I just don't get it. And also in the submissions, like people say, will cheat promiscuous. They won't make up their mind about which one. So then they're always inclined to like go for the other, which is so true. It <laughs> is completely like... true. <laughs> <laughs> if I have a bad dating experience with one gender, I'll immediately be like, right straight to the other one <laughs> yeah but that's like a perk of being bi that is a perk of being the bi that like being bisexual is such an amazing thing like being attracted yeah. to multiple genders and like mm. not even necessarily being attracted to the gender but being attracted to people regardless of their gender yeah it's like a gift in a way it's just like being able to walk past anybody on the street and just be like oh, they're fit like it's just yeah. you know liber- <laughs> it's great i love 100%. seeing attractive people a hundred percent i'm so sad for people that don't like if you don't like guys you're missing out on such i mean (laughs) 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 Uh, no guys are great in their own way but like if you don't like one or the other it's like you're missing out on so much stuff every single gender is so different and like they all hold different characteristics and they're like diverse within themselves and I feel like people who aren't attracted to multiple genders are missing out on so much I don't Mm. know I mean obviously I mean it's completely not a choice obviously but like (laughs) if it was like I just feel like you know explore your options (laughs) I mean, that is another stereotype, is that it's a choice. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that it's like, just, like, a phase. Oh, no, and that, all, that bi girls are just straight girls having a phase. Oh, yeah, loads of people yeah. said that, that they're not really bi, that they're just, like, doing it for male attention. And then it's the mm. same with, like, bi men just being gay men in the closet. Mm. And, like, I told you yeah. guys earlier about how I made a TikTok about how both bi like people or like bi men and bi women are both assumed to end up with men and it's like it's like almost as if people assume that like being attracted to men is the dominant attraction which in a lot of cases is not true Mm. yeah Yeah, and it just disregards like lesbians no exactly it disregards women and it's like sexuality (laughs) doesn't just exist to benefit men like yeah oh no but it does oh yeah obviously (laughs) (laughs) everything is here to serve men oh no (laughs) (laughs) no i'm joking (laughs) i just thought of my own bi stereotype all bi girls are like ew men but they love girls like girls it's like yeah yeah girls are everything but to men it's like ew no but then it's like no but i'm bi i'm bi yeah true. i mean true. it's like <laughs> like finding men but that's just because men are disgusting yeah <laughs> i mean i'm just like living I mean... up to the stereotype but it's true because like <laughs> most men we're literally proving this to be right will be like oh please have a threesome with me just because you're bi no, so it's not like it's our fault it's that, that we find them disgusting it's the whole oh you're bi that's so hot and it's like my sexuality is not your sexual fetish please stop it yeah mm. Uh, it's so annoying I've literally had someone be like oh I have a friend who's really like who would be really down to have a threesome I'll just get her to come over like right now really 
What? what? That's so well, you think I'm up. just going to say yes? You're not even asking. It's like, oh, default setting for a bisexual is just, oh, threesome. <laughs> threesome. Yeah. I don't want sex with just one person. I want sex with yeah. every single gender that I'm attracted to right now. I'm curious if it's ever... I mean, obviously, it is sometimes the bi person suggesting the threesome, but I'd want to know, like, the percentage <laughs> yeah. of the straight man offering the threesome versus the bi girl. I'd love to know the ratio of bi girls who want threesomes compared to bi girls who are so fed up with being asked if they want threesomes. Yeah. That would be a great ratio. <laughs> yeah, 100% fed up. <laughs> someone else in the um, submission said um that like as soon as you have a boyfriend you're not bi oh Oh, fuck that yeah which goes along with the like whole they're not really bi they're just doing it for attention Mm -hmm. it's like maria you're bilingual right Mm. so when you're speaking english does that mean you can only speak english at that one point no (laughs) no you're still bilingual (laughs) even when you're speaking english so like (laughs) when you're bi just because you're dating one gender doesn't mean you're straight it's oh i can't yeah the amount of people that have um told me like oh like so i mean that's a joke but like oh so your boyfriend fixed you you're straight now that's (laughs) nah um but to be fair to add to that stereotype and like in if if there's any truth in it i feel like when i was dating a girl I was a lot more into girls and I really thought I was gay. And then when, like, now that I'm dating a guy, I, I feel like I'm a lot more into guys. And I don't think I'm straight, but, like, I do sometimes wonder. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm, like, your preference changes. I reckon that's just a normal part of being in a monogamous relationship, though, is that you are attracted to the person of whom you're in the relationship mm. with. And therefore, like, you tend to be more focused on men because that is yeah. what you are currently interested in. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's so true. What was your kind of process in in realizing you were bi? Like, did you have a lot of back and forth of like, wait, am I straight? Am I am I gay? Am oh, I? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, the first time I remember being attracted to a girl, I was like twelve, and I was terrified because I was quite Christian and I didn't know if gay was okay or not. Like, I was just very confused, and so I kind of suppressed it for a very long time until a friend when I was 15 and I were on the train coming back from a concert or something and she went oh from the left hand side of the train being straight to the right hand side of the train being gay I think I'm that seat there and then she went what are you and I was like I don't fucking know and so I was a bit like oh my god wait what and so like I literally looked at myself in the mirror like that evening was like wait what if I'm not straight and then I was like gay panic ensued and um I was that girl who took like the am I gay quizzes online to find out like <laughs> same <laughs> oh god but yeah I did actually come out as bi when I was 15 and then gay when I was 16 and then bi again when I was 17 oh wow I did switch it up briefly but yeah I think that's another thing is um a lot of people are like oh a bi girl is just like you said earlier like someone was like oh bi girls are just gay And then other people are being like, oh, bi girls are just straight. And I have an issue with people assuming that once you've picked a sexuality label, it's rigid and you can't change it. Because in reality, sexuality is very fluid most of the time. Mm -hmm. And it does change over the course of your life, which is why a lot of bisexuals tend to have what we call bi panic, which is when, you know, sometimes we sit there thinking, oh God, what if I'm actually straight because I can only be attracted to men right now? Or what if I'm actually gay because I'm only attracted to women right now? In reality, sexuality changes 
dramatically over the course of your life yeah yeah but i think that's just like a massive problem with our society is that everything is always binary it can never just be fluid like if you don't fit into one category then you're kind of shunned for it yeah and like no one no one fits into just one category no, of course. like it's almost impossible so ugh, it's just stupid it doesn't benefit anyone so i mean except probably men so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it all circles around to it benefiting men <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh Okay, let's go back to the stereotypes. Someone said that they hype being LGBT way more than gay pe- than like fully gay people. <laughs> Which I think is true. Why is that true? <laughs> I think it's true. I think it's because you like want to overcompensate. You're like, no, 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 but I, I am. Like, I am LGBT. I am LGBT, I promise. Well, we get a huge no. amount of biphobia from within our own community. Like, mm. Mm. you know, we so many, like, gay women wouldn't date a bi girl, which is, like, stressful because it's like, no, yeah. I, I'm not going to leave you for a man if I commit to you. Like, it's... And I feel like we do, like you say, overcompensate yeah. trying to, like, prove yeah. our worth as a member of our own community. Yeah, yeah that's so true. I remember when I was younger and, like, just came out, or, like, the few years after I came out and when I was in a relationship with a girl, I was so into being bi and so into being in the LGBT community. Not that I'm not, but, like, I had to make it a point that that was part of my identity because yeah. I feel like it, it feels like, especially as a bi girl who's very straight presenting, and, like, now I have a boyfriend, so even more, like, I'm basically... I'm in a straight relationship, so now I'm... Unless I tell you, there's no reason for you to know, realistically. And I feel like for a lot of people, sometimes that's scary. Because even though I think you are right, honey, what you were saying about how this society has such a problem with everything has to be labelled, I think that in some kind of way that some people do find it really like empowering to have that label. And I feel like in a big way for bi people because they're not accepted fully by straight society and they're not accepted fully by gay society then it's like you have to claim it all that more do you know what I mean you have to be like so outward about it because you have to let it like I don't know you have to take it and make it an empowering thing rather than like a bad thing yeah yeah I get you yeah, and I've been, I've literally been in conversations with people where they're like, oh, so you're dating a boy, like, does that mean you're, like, straight now? And I'll be like, no, 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 like, I'm bi, I'm still bi. But it's like, you know they're not going to believe you, so you're just trying to say everything you can to be like, mm. no, but I swear, I swear, like, <laughs> I promise when, if I get out of this relationship, like, uh, I'm going to be bi, I'm bi. <laughs> it's like it has to be such a prominent part of your identity so that you don't have to keep proving to straight people that you are, in fact, what you say you are. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of exhausting. It is exhausting. It's just like, why can't you just take what I say at face value? I think a lot of it is also like when you are a bi girl who has only ever slept with men or only ever slept with women people are like well how can you know you know how can you know that you like the other gender because Mm. you've only ever slept with one and it's like if you turned around to that person and then said oh yeah but you've only ever slept with men you've never slept with women how do you know you're not bi you've never tried it you know you never and they're just like oh but I just know and it's like well yeah we just know too it's just we don't owe people an explanation on our own sexuality Mm. 
Yeah, true. Imagine every straight person had to, like, prove that they were straight. No, exactly. Like, they don't have to come out. They just exist and everyone's just like, okay, you're just straight. But then as a bi woman, you know, I've only ever slept with men. And so if someone then turned around to me and said, oh, but then you're straight. It's like, well, actually, no. By assuming I am straight because I have only ever, like, had sex with men, you are invalidating my entire identity. Like, you can't tell me what's going on in my own brain. Mm. I think a lot of bisexuality has been so overly sexualized that, like, people think sexuality can only be validated by sex. Mm. And that's only such a small part of it. Like, attraction and, like, romantic attraction and sexual attraction and aesthetic attraction, they're all very different parts of the same identity. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. And... Like, you're not more straight if you've slept with more people. It just makes no sense at all. No, exactly. And you're not less straight if you've slept with less people either. So. Yeah, and most people <laughs> tend to figure out their sexuality when they're still a virgin. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also kind of just an endless cycle because, yeah, it's like you're saying, you've only slept with men. I've only slept with one girl. And it's like, yeah, because it's so difficult to find bi girls in just out in the world because lesbian girls a lot of lesbian girls don't go for bi girls no, exactly. and don't really like validate our existence so you have to you'd have to sleep with other bi girls but to find other bi girls is it's hard like I mean, it difficult. sounds bad but like men just are easier to sleep with like yeah that, <laughs> and like as, <laughs> as people we have needs like it's just you know yeah it just makes sense <laughs> but it's also just Ugh, it's it is just like catch stupid. 22 isn't it like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i actually uh, i just remembered that when i broke up with my ex-girlfriend well when we broke up or whatever and i got on tinder for the first time and at that point i'd only like kissed and like slept with or done stuff with girls and i remember i was so scared because i would be like oh i'm bi but then i would thought that guys wouldn't take me seriously and would think that I was just like, I don't know. I, I I just remembered that fear. I remember being really self-conscious of the fact that I'd only slept with women. So it's kind of like the opposite problem. Yeah. <laughs> we are literally yeah. like textbook examples of the bi struggle, all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're in it together. Yeah. <laughs> don't you find though, like as bi women we have like such a strong alliance with each other it's like when you find another bisexual girl you're like oh my god a bi girl a bi girl oh my god a bi girl and it's like because they all they have the same understanding of life as you do like they've been through the Mm. same shit like they have advice it's just i don't know i feel Mm. like we were also like ostracized by society in our own little way that like we find another bi girl and we're like yes you've been sexualized by a man too you've had like you've been rejected by a gay woman like it's just like oh my god wow yeah yeah and also in a sense and it's kind of like you get what it's like to be attracted to both girls and guys and it's so different and like oh it's so so, like you get it like i can talk to someone like you get it (laughs) no it's like me and my um me and some bi girlfriends were like sitting around like chatting we were like oh yeah like being attracted to men is like oh but then being attracted to girls is like ah and they were like yeah yeah i get it and it was like (laughs) yes it's so true (laughs) 
Okay, someone said they think being bi makes them edgy and seem sexually more adventurous and open. I'm sorry, does it so, not? <laughs> I mean, it's it's true. It does. Like, I don't know. A we're single, way edgier. Yeah, we, we're way cooler. I'm sorry. It's just you know, it comes with the territory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Joking apart, though. We are all kind of... I guess, you know, when you have to, like, figure out your own identity in the respect of being bisexual, a lot of the time you do... It comes with other things, like figuring out your own aesthetic, you know? Mm. Mm. It's a whole, like, section of your life where you have to, like, you know, make your own path. And I guess that can make people, like, appear, like, edgier or whatever. (laughs) Because we've had to, like, spend time figuring out who we are and, like, you know, makes us slightly stronger in our identities, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. But I also think it goes the other way. And we were talking about this with um our friend Will in our last episode, or like two episodes ago, uh, about like having to live up to stereotypes or like live up to this expectation of how you present yourself. So like, yeah, we are edgier <laughs> <laughs> technically, but also it's like, having like we're limited by all of these things have having to prove like that we are a certain way and that we are like what we claim we are that's very true Mm. maybe it does tie back into the having to make bisexuality such a huge part of our identity then Mm. well yeah yeah and i think that's why it seems like we're trying to make ourselves seem edgy for being bi but it's like no we're just trying to get ourselves out of the trap of having to prove to everyone we meet that we're bi so we just like mention it and be like yeah I swear I'm bi I swear I'm not making it up I swear yeah. but also I am like such a cool person and it's not because I'm bi I swear no, it's like I'm a person friend. outside of my sexuality but my sexuality is valid and I want you to recognize it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay I think I have one last one someone said not being believed for being bi so kind of similar because they think it's like a phase the person they're coming up to thinks it's a phase. Oh yeah, I got that all the time. I think my parents, when I got a boyfriend, were like so relieved, like, oh, thank God. So it was just a phase. <laughs> the phase is over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't, my parents are actually chill, but um, like I feel like people that I did come out to in my family and stuff were like that, so. Mm-hmm. Let's do a poll mm-hmm. from the bi girls. Do you think bisexuality is a phase? No. Um, no, I I mean, I really think with my um, expertise in this topic, I would say no. I reckon, you know, just, you know, top of my head, first thing that comes to mind is no, no, it's not a phase. <laughs> like, why would anyone put themselves through the whole bisexual thing if it was not meant to be? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But then again, as we were saying earlier, like, it, it is a phase in... It can be a phase in it in the way be. that like sexuality is fluid. So don't don't be like yeah, worried no, if <laughs> if like you're being no. like yeah. But the assumption but then, that everyone who identifies as bisexual is like just you know having a moment, I think is just you know <laughs> damaging. Mm. If anything, being straight is a phase or like presenting yourself as straight was a phase. Yeah. You know what? I had a straight phase for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now it's over. So glad I got better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I think that's it for the stereotypes.
shall we talk a little bit about the positives of being bi aside from what we've already said and like well i guess we said earlier you get to experience a lot more stuff than other people because you have a lot more choice i guess Mm. (laughs) yeah and i think what tori was saying about having that little community when you actually find it of other Mm. bi girls like it's such a nice feeling because it's such a niche component of society like we, we we don't really get accepted by the lgbtqa plus community even though we have the b in there but like you know <laughs> and then <laughs> we don't really get accepted by straight so yeah it's kind of a nice feeling yeah it's a nice middle ground i love that we get to have sex with girls and guys i think that's really great i think that's kind of the cherry on top i love that we have the option (laughs) (laughs) i love being bi i I love being bisexual i love being able to just see really attractive like men women and non-binaries and it doesn't matter what their gender is i just see them as they Mm. are and think wow you are so attractive i love that like gender isn't a factor in like being attracted to people it's just like they are just a human being who I find attractive. So it's like, oh, wow, like, cool. Yeah, I feel like it's a whole different appreciation of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like we have a different outlook on, like, attraction and stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, I was going to ask what you guys think about, because I know there's some parts of the queer community that think that, like, or, like, I don't know, maybe this is just something that I have thought people think, but I'm just wrong. But, like, you know like pansexuality and how it's like kind of the same as being bi but it's more uh like that it's kind of presented as they're more accepting of like trans people uh or like non-binary people well i actually watched a youtube video okay because i i've always been under the impression that like i'm basically pan but i'm bi but i just don't feel the need to say i'm pan i don't know in my head it's just kind of an unnecessary label But I actually watched Mm. a video in which they kind of explained it in a way that made a lot more sense to me. And it kind of confirmed that I think I'm bi. Because, basically, me as a bi person, like, I I would date someone that's non-binary. I would date a trans person. Like, no problem. To me, it's not really, like, a thing. But I feel like Mm -hmm. gender does play some kind of part in my sexuality and that's why I would identify as bisexual because to me it it is like too much of a distinction in my head dating a guy and a girl or a trans person or a non-binary person than like just liking the person and who they are and not that I don't I agree with that also (laughs) but I think gender does play a part in my head and that's my personal experience of like why I would identify as bi rather than pan okay yeah what about you Tori I think I usually use the word bisexual because it makes sense to straight people and I know that sounds like kind of bad that's why I started using it and then yeah like I mean like it does make sense to straight people they can comprehend that so that and like you know most of my friends are straight and it just makes sense to me but um in reality I think when it comes to my own sexuality, it is too mm. fluid for me to be able to say anything about it, really. I think queer is probably a better, like, just all-round descriptor for my sexuality, but, like, yeah, I don't that know. that makes sense. 
yeah no I kind of feel the same way like what you were saying about how like you gender doesn't really matter or gender stereotypes or specific qualities I feel like I don't really look for that in anyone so yeah I I would never like I have never described myself as pan but that would say that I don't fit in with some of the qualities of of being pan I think when it comes to labels a lot of it is like to make the person whose sexuality it is feel valid so I guess Mm, if somebody's like is in need of like validating and they come across a label that makes sense to them they'll be like oh right yeah so like it is it's okay and it's acceptable that I feel like this because this label like applies to me and I guess it goes back to the whole like our society like needs like a tick box system for people to understand like themselves and others yeah yeah that's true I I'm quite pro labels because I think that they're really helpful to people I do see the harm in them of course yeah I think that they can be a really helpful tool and make you feel understood and heard yeah in like such a profound way because like if there's a word for what you're feeling I think labels are like wonderful, like you said, because people think, oh, I feel this way. And they find a word that applies to them and then they can then find other people who that word mm, also applies exactly. to. It's, us, yeah, it's like yeah. us, we're like, oh, bye girls, bye girls. It's like <laughs> we found people who feel the same way as us. And it's like, I guess it's the same with every label. Yeah, mm. exactly. What about, can you tell us a little bit about sort of your coming out experience or more like realizing you were bi? Oh god, my coming out experience was an absolute shit show. Like I won't <laughs> lie to you, like it was a mess <laughs> that spanned over like many, many years. So like first time I came out to someone was the first of June, like first day of Pride Month, two thousand and sixteen. And it was like my one of my closest friends at the time. And, you know, it's just something I slid into conversation, started telling people, got drunk that summer, told a bunch of people. Classic. That, yeah. And then that autumn, I thought I might be gay. I also owned a meme account at the time. And I posted, like, a meme of me being like, oh, like, something like getting home after a long day of pretending to be straight. And then, like, like wiping off my makeup. <laughs> and it was, like, rainbow underneath. I was like, oh, much better. And it blew up. And, like, it went viral on LGBT meme pages. I was just being tagged, my face, like, being tagged. That was, like, my first taste of, like, internet fame. Being, like, all over the internet. And it outed me to, like, so many people in my life. Oh, my God. Like, it's so many people. Like, people from, like, my primary school. Like, the first, like... So, my first few kisses were all girls. And the first guy that I ever kissed um, was actually while I thought I was gay. And um, he messaged me being, like my cousin told me that you're a lesbian and I was like what and he was like yeah she she went to primary school with you and she saw this meme of you on the internet and sent me the meme of myself oh my god and then I went to another party and like it came up in conversation that I'd been in a meme and this girl straight up turns around to me and was like oh my god I knew I recognized you from somewhere (laughs) so many people in my life just like found out I was queer because of a bloody meme. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then, like, I was seeing a girl for a bit and, like, she was quite popular and I think she told a few popular people that, like, she was seeing me and then it, like, spread a bit more and it was just, yeah, it was messy as hell. It was just (laughs) small-town drama, like, combined with me being gay. Like, it was just not... (laughs) Not It was not pleasant. (laughs) But, yeah, and then I came out to my parents last year while I was at church. Yeah, tell us about that, like, this whole church (laughs) side of the whole story. Oh, God, yeah, another shit show, right. (laughs) (laughs) So... 
when I was 15 and I figured out that I wasn't straight, I was quite Christian, like I have been most of my life. And in my brain, I guess there must have been a bit of internalised homophobia because I thought I cannot be a Christian and bisexual. Like those two things were not compatible in my head. And I thought, well, being bisexual is clearly not a choice because at the time I was like, I would not have chose this. Retrospectively, I absolutely would have chosen this. <laughs> you know, I so I was like, well, I have to drop Christianity then and figure out what I what I believe in. So yeah, I kind of free rolled into like spirituality for like a year and a half. And then I was at a party, um, end of year 12 and a girl and I got chatting and she basically said to me, are you, are you religious? And I said, well, I was a Christian, but then when I figured out I was queer, I dropped it. And she was like, oh, you should come to my church at some point. And um, I was like, oh, oh, what church? And she was like, oh, um, it's called Hillsong, like, look it up. And so I did. And like, you know, I didn't do too much research into it, but it looked kind of cool. And later that year, I'd had like a pretty bad dating experience. And I was a bit like at a loose end. And I was like, okay, right, like, I need something. So I went to church with this girl. And it, it kind of appealed to me, like it was a church I'd never experienced before. Like there was loads of young people, everyone was dancing and singing, like it was insane. And I was like, wow, this is like mesmerizing. I'd love to do this more. I thought maybe if I reconnect with my faith, like all my problems will be solved. Mm. And that's what I did. I started going to Hillsong quite regularly. I tried to really get back into my Christianity and I was still having loads of doubts about my faith. But I was like, no, 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 like it, this is the right thing for me. Like this is going to be really good. And um, yeah, on my gap year, I got really into it. I was working for Hillsong for a bit, like unpaid work, helping production. And I started having slight intuition kind of, that like Hillsong wasn't okay with people being gay. Mm. Despite this girl who'd taken me to church first time be like, oh no, they love gay people. And um, <laughs> something, I was just like little comments that people were making like, oh, you know, um, God loves everyone despite their lifestyle and stuff like that. Like me mm. trying to, I made a comment at like um a little church group one night called like Team Nights. I um I said, oh, I'd love to make films about um gay Christians, and like everyone suddenly got a bit uncomfortable oh, and like the God. vibe kind of shifted. And I, so I quickly backtracked and was like, oh no, like oh and like Christians of like all kinds of like diverse demographics or whatever, like you know, mm -hmm. trying to push it away. It carried on for a bit until I got to the point where I was like, I don't know whether this is right. So that's when I came out to my mum because she didn't go to Hillsong. Neither of my parents did. I just needed like the support. And then that summer I was, you know, I was having a bit of a tricky period of my life anyway. Mm -hmm. And then my mum was like, I think you should read this article about Hillsong. Um, within the article, it was like very descriptive, like just about the church and like what it was about. But then it had this section, like a few paragraphs which was titled, We Do Not Affirm a Gay Lifestyle. And it was basically like this one guy's experience of like being a gay pastor in Hillsong and how it had basically been like asked to leave. And then the head pastor of Hillsong basically said, um, we love all people, but we do not affirm all lifestyles. That being said, we would not knowingly employ a gay person in a position of worship, either paid or unpaid. And oh like literally my heart like dropped out my ass. I was like, right, I've got to go then. So... I left. I just left a few weeks later and then went to uni and haven't looked back. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Do you think during the period that you were going to the church, obviously you said you had like some intuition that it was not for gay people or not supportive of the queer community, but do you think subconsciously any of the messages they were like spreading do you think that kind of got into your head at all? I mean I had a lot of Christian guilt like a huge amount I remember like a lot of the 
sermons, I guess, like, it is evangelical Christianity, so it's very preaching, like, very based on, like, spreading the gospel as it is. Like, they believe that the Bible is the true word of God, that is part of their mission. So a lot of it is, like, you take the Bible at, at face value. So some of the sermons would be... Uh, it's hard to explain. I think a lot of it was I started to clock that Christianity within Hillsong was not the liberal kind of Christianity that I would have needed at that point. So mm-hmm. I remember vividly like being sit- like sitting in a um a you know a, a service and the preacher being like you should not have the one night stand, you should not have the other drink, like you should not try any of these things. And I was thinking, yeah, but I want to try those things. Like is it wrong if I try those things? And then like sitting in like my car, I was trying to get a new job at the time. And um, I think I told like a lie to someone or something earlier that day. And um, I was like suddenly paranoid that I wasn't going to get my next job because I told a lie and God was going to punish me for that. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I, I will condemn that they are not supportive of the LGBT community because I think if you use religion to justify prejudice, then you're not a true Christian. Mm-hmm. But um, I'd say I don't want to condemn Hillsong in the respect of their the way they preach works for a lot of people. But I'd say when you use Christianity as like a means of control in a way, I'd say like it can be very damaging to certain types of people. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. Yeah. Especially like queer people, sexually active people, like people who, I don't know, maybe are in like positions where they want to try new things and they want to figure out things about themselves. You know, when I left mm. church, I didn't know anything about myself. Like I was like, well, who am I if I'm not a Christian kind of thing? Yeah. Mm. So then I I kind of want to ask because you obviously use your TikTok platform <laughs> to promote things like feminism and Black Lives Matter. So growing up, like being raised Christian and then also going into this community, how have you how have you managed to make your mind up about these things? And do you think that it's at all compatible with religion oh i think it's completely compatible with religion i think that Mm. the lgbt community is completely compatible with religion i think that you know the entire concept of religion is love joy and acceptance like Mm. the entire thing is like loving people just regardless because we're all children of god like it's not about Mm. taking people at face value it's about seeing them as a child of the god that you believe in Mm. And so you, as a as a religious person, should be actively fighting for feminism and actively fighting for Black Lives Matter and actively fighting for the equality of the LGBTQIA plus community. It's almost your duty as a child of God to look after your brothers and sisters, you would have mm. thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I ask, because, like, I'm an atheist, so, I don't know, and my whole family are atheists, so from my perspective... Like, it's hard for me to understand how religion is, like, compatible with all the hate that they spread. They do spread a lot. Oh, yeah, some people really try to justify their own hatred with Christianity. And my issue with that is, like, the Bible was written 2,000 years ago in a period of, or, like, 4,000 years. I'm not entirely sure. I was a terrible Christian. (laughs) But, like, it was written in, like, a period of time where, like, society didn't know much. It was still developing. People didn't understand the complexities of, like, 
the human condition. And in reality, there are only six verses in the Bible out of, I believe, about 38,000 which condemn homosexuality in one way or another. Mm. Yeah. And so if you're going to take those six verses in fact the one that people use the most was actually um retranslated in 1946 to change the meaning so it wasn't even originally about homosexuality oh wow if people are going to take those six verses out of thousands about love peace and compassion and like use those to discriminate against demographics of people then they are not christians they are just using a book to justify their own prejudice yeah no i agree completely yeah. So would you identify as like a religious person now? I would not know. I don't necessarily I wouldn't say I believe in a deity. I believe we have a soul though, so I would say and I believe like there is more to life than just, you know, biological existence. So I'd probably say I'm a mm. spiritual person. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> you said earlier that you're a spiritual person, didn't you, Maria? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a spiritual person. I think my pa- my parents are very spiritual. But, I mean, I am spiritual because I know, even though I, I probably identify as an atheist, like, I know that I believe in something. Yeah. Even though I don't know exactly what that is, I just know within myself that I don't think that this just, like, happened. Like, we're just a biological plane or whatever. Yeah. Mm. But I don't really have any like belief systems or anything like that. It's just kind of a feeling, but I don't really live my life differently yeah. because of it. I was raised very Christian, so I feel like I really agree with a lot of the stuff you said about how it is completely compatible and that's why I don't understand why some of the quote unquote most religious people that I know are the most hateful. Yeah. And that just makes absolutely no sense to me because I also know plenty of religious people that are plenty loving and that accept homosexual people and all of these things. And I feel like I don't see why you can't why you can't do both. Like you mm. should surely. I mean, I, I basically I completely yeah. agree with with what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be this like conception of like a correlation between being more religious and being less tolerant and i think that goes like completely against like the core beliefs and values Mm. of most major religions that's what i was kind of trying to say is that i have this preconception of people that of religious people that they're intolerant and but then when i think about the tenets of religion i'm like well it's Yeah. yeah it's supposedly spreading love and compassion yeah and yeah that's why i have trouble (laughs) yeah i mean there were some lovely people i went to church with who like found my tiktoks about like how my experience with Mm. hillsong who i used to go to church with and they've reached out to me and um been like i never want you to feel like you know you're not welcome in a church and like god loves you and jesus loves Mm. you like no matter who you are like there are some really lovely accepting Christians. Yeah, 100%. Like, the ones that get the most press are, like, the ones like the Westboro Baptist Church that give Christians a bad name. And then it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy where the people who are attracted to religion are the ones who hold the views of the extremists, kind of, like, bigoted yeah. ones. Which is so sad, because religion could be such a force for yeah, good. I agree. But it's, like, weaponized by those who want to use it for a force for bad. Definitely. Yeah. Well, let's talk a bit more about TikTok because you were telling us about 
the some of the messages and comments you get on your videos about feminism oh God. <laughs> so <laughs> i've put a comment filter on the word dishwasher so i can't see that anymore, <laughs> honestly <laughs> okay so do you think that the people who go on your page specifically to comment those things do you think that there's any way these kind of people are gonna change their minds or like be convinced otherwise or I don't know like where what where do these people come from is what I'm trying to say like, I, I don't, don't know where do they come from like do their mums know that they <laughs> should we clarify who these people are it's basically like men on TikTok being horrible yeah <laughs> yeah is it women actually I, ha- I I wanted to ask you this have you noticed is it mostly men or is it like are there a lot of girls too that are kind of horrible no I mean I'd say about 98% of all the hate comments I've ever got have been okay. oh wow like solid 98 like I mean the only like nastier comments I get from girls are ones being like you need to make feminism more accessible to men and it's like well actually no I don't <laughs> I don't have to water down my struggles to make them palatable yeah. to men <laughs> Yeah, I think it's kind of difficult as well with TikTok. I don't really know that much about the algorithm, but I've just, like, heard about it. Like, obviously, every algorithm is kind of designed to show you content that you will already agree with. Yeah. So then it must just be these people really going out of their way to be like, you know what, we're just going to shit on all feminists. Yeah. Because they obviously disagree with you. So what, they're just searching for your page specifically to leave you comments yeah i have some people who i like to call my super fans right (laughs) so they don't follow me they don't they literally do not follow me i always check to see if they follow me because it'll say follow back if they do but they never do and it's the same people i can i don't i mean i couldn't tell you any of their usernames but when i see them i'm like ah is that little fucker again (laughs) and then they always they're always like oh my god you're on my for you page again you're so ugly and spotty and gross and like i'm like stop interacting with my content like yeah i'm like i'm just like if you don't want to see me then block me like if you keep commenting on all my videos you're just gonna keep seeing them like (laughs) i really don't get also the whole commenting on someone's appearance like okay i will admit i've never i've never hate commented on anyone's tiktok ever and i never will but like sometimes someone will post something and you're just like shut the fuck up yeah, but absolutely. what i don't get is commenting on someone's physical appearance because that's just a bit like and what like no, literally and what i will post a video being like women deserve rights to men or like you know black people shouldn't be shot in the street by law enforcement and someone will comment yeah but you're clapped and i'm like what <laughs> 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 Why is this relevant? My opinion is no less, like, valid because you think I'm ugly. Like, it's just, like, my value as a human is not determined by a man's perception of how attractive I am. Like, it's just... I don't... (laughs) Yeah. It's infuriating. Like, I mean, it gets to the point where it's funny. Like, it does. Because, like, (laughs) someone's like, oh, I think you're ugly. And I'm like, well, sounds like a you problem then because, like, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm just living my life. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just vibing. Like, okay. (laughs) You know, I love that you posed also, like, so much content about just being, like, fine with yourself and, like, loving yourself and, like just embracing things that people will be shitting on you for like I feel like that's so important to kind of put that content out there so in the midst of this whole like 
social media world of like influencers and fake girls with fake tits and fake lips and filters and all of this stuff feeding you like feel shitty about yourself feel shitty yeah. about yourself yeah people need to see like no 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 no. you don't have to do that you're fine the way you are i just i really want people to realize that they are like autonomous human beings who don't owe it to anyone to look a certain way i think i mm. i had to be like strong in how i look because you know i told you guys earlier like back in like july some guy made a video being like, oh, how about we get a man to the top of the feminism hashtag? And my video at the time was at the top of the feminism hashtag. And so for three weeks, I'd say I got just like relentless hate comments from incels and men being like, you know, you're so ugly. Like you uh, go back to the kitchen, like make me a sandwich, you dishwasher. And like, you know, just Ugh. like really annoying stuff. So like when you're constantly being told like you're ugly because you have acne, you have to, it's like you sink or swim. Like you... You get to a point where you're like, mm. actually, if I don't, like, back my own corner, then I'm going to lose. So it's just, like, you have to just look at yourself in the mirror and be like, actually, fuck them. I am pretty. Yeah. And I made yeah. a video recently being like, I have come to the conclusion that I am stunningly beautiful. And if you disagree with me, you're wrong. <laughs> and, like, the second someone's like, yeah, but you're clapped. And you're like, actually, no, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it takes the power away from other people when you can, like, look at yourself in the mirror and be like... I have this thing that society's told me is a flaw. I had this thing that society's told me is ugly, but I don't give a fuck because I'm pretty. Mm. Yeah, it's what we say, fake it till you make it. Exactly, like, <laughs> you just got to take the power out of society and, uh -huh. like, be like, actually, no, I am really fit and i got a fat batty and, like, I deserve the world. <laughs> like, it's just, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think that's, like, one of the biggest problems with social media is just so many people think that their opinion... And their opinion about everything can just be spread because they're hidden behind the screen. And it's like, well, the content that you make is actually helping people and it's actually spreading positivity and why it's so important to be an ally versus you're just sitting at home specifically looking for this girl that you've never met just to comment on her appearance. Like, how sad must your life I, Honestly. Be? And it's the fact that people assume that their opinions hold so much importance over other people's lives as well. Mm. Like, people yeah. really think they're in a position of absolute truth when they're sitting behind a computer with, like, their name is, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, you know, it's just like they have stupid <laughs> usernames. Like, yeah, they yeah. always have stupid usernames. <laughs> They're always like blaze at six nine six nine six nine or something, and then like <laughs> they have like a profile picture of like for the boys, and then they comment something, be like, "You have spots," and I'm like, "Good observation," but like, <laughs> what else have you got, Steve? Like, it's just you know. It's... <laughs> so, do you think that social media is? Do you think it's a positive? thing in the world do you think it's gonna help in terms of allyship and spreading awareness about issues with feminism and black lives matter and all of those kinds of things i think social media in some respects is quite similar to religion give me a sec to explain <laughs> like i said earlier it has the capacity to be a tool for great good within itself it could be something really great but people will use it to weaponize it mm. and spread hate and spread negative philosophies and like whoever is in control of it is the one who has the say on like what kind of influence it has think about like all the misinformation that was spread about hillary clinton back in 2016 just before the elections like that might have tipped it in donald trump's favor if the people who are on the right side of history if the people who are fighting for black lives matter 
and are fighting for like gender equality and are fighting for LGBT rights, if they are the ones who have like the upper hand on social media platforms, then hopefully in theory, it could influence people's opinions in like a positive way mm. but also like you know it is a free world and like the people who have the bigoted opinions have an equal space on that platform to spread their bigotry and hate yeah so i think is social media a influence for good is like the answer is quite subjective depending on who is in control of the social media yeah i agree and i think it's difficult because uh, yeah, as I was saying, like the algorithm and the people we choose to follow and the people we choose to, I mean, not me or any of us, but the people some people choose to hate on, like those will be the people that they disagree with and they will only look at the content and like the content that they already hold in their minds. Yeah. So like, I don't know, do you feel optimistic about the future of like it's quite a loaded question yeah, but do you feel is. optimistic about the future of feminism and yeah any kind of allyship I yeah I do and I don't um well like you said what you were referring to is kind of like I learned about it in sociology and like a level it's like echoic chamber theory like people are mm. only listening to people who agree with them like they can pick and choose who they listen to and so people are almost becoming more set in their own ways because of that because they're choosing to interact with those who hold the same views as them however mm-hmm. i have also seen like not many but some men who are actively you know anti-misogynistic like actively anti-patriarchy and the conversations i've had with those men like and then like saying oh like this is um you know this is my say like i think that this is how we can fix the patriarchy and i'd like that's an excellent point Mm. and it's like when you have white allies to the black community as well they take the weight off that group a little because people who are oppressed are tired yeah Mm. they're tired of constantly having to like prove that they're worth something i guess that's why allyship is so important basically like i have seen a shift to more men being like i am more feminine i accept my own femininity i actively like lift up women Um, I had a conversation with a guy in my DMs like fairly recently and he was like, I want to write like a series of books educating men on their own like male privilege. And then a guy reposted one of my TikToks today in one of, or like yesterday in um, a compilation where he basically was like calling men out on their shit and using like female TikTokers to like set an example. Yeah, It's so important also that like the men who need to learn about feminism don't want to learn about it from women. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like social media is excellent in that respect. Mm. Yeah, I was kind of thinking from more of a like consumer rather than creator point of view. I've learned so much stuff from social media. Yeah. But then also I've ha- I feel like I've learned a lot of harmful stuff subconsciously now that I'm thinking about it. Like yeah. what? Oh, what a monster. I don't know. Well, like being constantly fed all these beauty standards i'm sure that in my head it makes some kind of because i feel like i'm kind of i'm the kind of person that i don't go on instagram and i'll like cry at models i kind of like quite enjoy looking at fit girls on instagram to be honest (laughs) but looking respectfully (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like subconsciously is like going in and making me sad Yeah. yeah but maybe it's not i don't know i think we have to like learn 
or relearn how to use social media to make it a better place because yeah like it definitely can be a force for good and if we all chose to use it as a way to learn about things and look at content like yours and find ways where we can take some of the weight off the people who are being oppressed then it would just be such a better more positive place but Mm. seeing as there are people who just don't really know how social media works they don't really realize that it's not just a free pass to spread whatever pops into their head and they don't know how to differentiate between something they see that is like actually the truth and something that is good for them to consume and have in their minds and other things that aren't so good and that are more harmful yeah it just yeah I I really think that like education around social media especially with the younger generations now because it wasn't really a problem like when we were growing up no like it should definitely be in the curriculum so government like if you're listening to this I feel like yeah <laughs> saw your shit a out. lot more psychological research needs to go into like the actual realistic effects of social media because like think 100%. about it there's like no regulation online like there's zero regulation at all where there is regulation in every other section of our lives and like mm. yeah as people like human nature wise we are gonna go feral if we're given like a space with no consequences we are yeah, definitely. and like if you don't have like a clear moral guidance like you're gonna go nuts like, yeah. <laughs> okay well yeah do you have any like closing thoughts advice <laughs> I think my main advice to like young people on the internet is you need to learn who you are outside of the internet before you put yourself out there on the internet like you need to have a firm understanding of your own morals and values so that you can like adequately criticize the things that you're seeing on the internet like a lot of the things we see online we take at face value and we just accept but like if you're not actively critiquing everything you see not only are you not gonna like root out the problems in it you're also not gonna form your own opinions on stuff yeah Mm. and i think a lot of the younger generation myself included we see things on the internet and we think yes i like that so i'm gonna you know incorporate that into my identity and it's like well actually no do i entirely agree with that have i thought about it like enough to Mm. understand the pros and cons of it so that i can weigh up whether or not i want to incorporate that into my identity like i don't know i think young people need to have a space outside of like the online world where they can figure out who they are yeah and be like strong in their own identity before being exposed to you know what can potentially be quite a damaging environment which is online yeah and it can be so isolating as well yeah. like i can't imagine being an eight-year-old with the amount of social media that's just like readily available to them right now like I remember when Instagram started I had it but I didn't really understand what it was and that was kind of all I had I had Instagram and then Snapchat like a bit later but yeah it was like not even half of the amount of content that is out there today I didn't even get Mm -hmm. Instagram till I was like 15 like I just Mm -hmm. never had interest in getting it and like it was this entire world of like where people would be like, oh, did you see this thing on Instagram? Did you see that thing on Instagram? And they'd be like, well, no, actually, I don't have it. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of like pressure for young people to like have to know everything and be up to date on everything as well, or they're like missing out, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Even with like my, I have a younger sister and she'll like bring up stuff and 
say things and I, I will literally just be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel so old. And I just like, I don't know, it's just like, you just can't be part of the club now if you're not kind of no, really exactly. invested in all of this stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I guess my closing thoughts would be that being bi is so fun and <laughs> it's very valid. So yeah. don't be scared. And it's not just a phase. Listen to yourself and listen to what you're actually thinking rather than what people are trying to, the people that are trying to shove shove you into any kind of box. Like, it's fluid and it's valid, so. Mine's kind of <laughs> the same as both of yours. Yeah, just kind of question the, <laughs> whatever you're being told at home, on the internet. Teach yourself how to question things and... Yeah, don't just take what you see for granted and like take it as at face value because just everything could be so much better if we didn't do that. So please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but thank you so much, Tori, for Yes, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking to us and being so open. Yes, and telling us about your experiences yeah and kind of like giving us an insight into the world of tiktok (laughs) (laughs) um but you can find tori on tiktok at tori's kingdom do you have any other social media that you want to i am on instagram as well also tori's kingdom yeah you can find us on instagram at sextras podcast you can email us at sextraspodcast at gmail.com share the podcast review it rate it subscribe all of those things and we will see you next week bye bye You've been listening to Sextras, presented by Honey Jane Wyatt and Maria Jose Hayodatiyi, produced by Mabel Productions.